Hi, I'm Kevin Harrington, an original shark from the hit television show Shark Tank, and you're listening to the Underdog Podcast. I've been too high up to fall, question marks, what's up with y'all? All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, underdogs, underdogs. All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, 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 underdogs. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Underdog Podcast. Today, I have an incredible guest here with me, John Silva. How are hey, you, my friend? Hey, I am great. New office location. Taking a look at that time of year when you, you go back and reflect on the goals and then the vision boards and you see what you did and didn't do. And I am very happy with uh, the results uh, from this year for sure. Oh, man. And I can't wait to get into your story, John. I mean, that was just a kind of a little bit of a snippet. There's been some crazy growth in your world and just so many things that I want to talk to you about because you have such an interesting story and background like first off so let's just back it up all the way back it up back it up like a dump truck no (laughs) so john like what did you want to be when you grew up like as a kid growing up like what was your dream yeah that's a great question i was listening i do listen to a lot of podcasts and try to listen to a lot of audiobooks and that was actually yesterday i forgot who was speaking but they were saying you know no one really actually knows, not no one, but a large majority of folks don't know that what they want to do when they get older. You know, yeah. I, like a lot of other entrepreneurs that I'm sure have been on this podcast, have some sort of entrepreneurial story from when they were younger. And I just remember being, you know, seven or eight, nine years old. And I, you know, would go pick flowers from the neighbor's yard. And, and I'm surprised my parents let me do this different time, but uh, sell them at the street and, you know, for about $5. And I think that, you know, sometimes in the entrepreneurship, I was telling you earlier, I think Harvard did a study and 3% of the entire population has that entrepreneurial like spirit or or drive, Mm -hmm. which is why I think the community gets smaller. Yep. But with that being said, I have had no idea what I wanted to do, but that sales and business sort of uh, was always, you know, embedded into my, my soul. I feel like even when, you know, to fast forward a little bit further, I thought, you know, going to college was the right thing and it's not the right thing or the wrong thing. But for me, it was the wrong thing because I wasn't mature enough or had really the financial backing to really understand what I wanted to do. And so I went to Rhode Island college for one semester and played some tennis, which was great. And, you know, I dropped out halfway through because I realized everybody went home on the weekends because they were all low. Local, mm. And I was paying $25,000, which I didn't have because it was in school debt yep. to know what I wanted to do. I was in construction management, actually. I don't think I've ever shared that oh, with you wow. for, okay. for about you know two weeks. So that made me an expert in that space. <laughs> you learn by doing, right? And yeah, so that's sort of like the first kind of a phase, if you will, of, of the story. I love that. So basically, you went to college and you realized it was not your jam. Not my jam. Thankfully now, because I decided that wasn't my jam. I don't have any school debt and a master's degree from BU now, nice. um, which is really nice. And so, yeah, I, I dropped out of uh, Rhode Island College. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was also working at a, as a bar back on a popular Cape Cod restaurant and Lindsay's for anyone uh, for the Cape listeners out there. And I was 19 years old and I did have to, I do have to admit, I saw the movie, The Guardian, and I thought I was going to be, you know, jumping out of helicopters. I joined the Coast Guard two weeks later. I'd since done 10 and a half years there and which was a great 
you know, uh, opportunity for me in my career and development because when most of my friends were partying and I was, you know, in the desert and uh, becoming a man real fast, uh, growing up a little bit quicker than some of my friends, which I think is attributed to later success. But it's just funny because the recruiter, you know, they promise you everything there. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of folks in the military who can relate to this. And I didn't see a, a boat for my first six years of my career. So it was it was pretty funny. And yeah, I attribute a lot to, to making that move, that knee-jerk reaction. Sometimes it, it benefits you and sometimes it doesn't. But it's one of those like Mel Robbins, you know, give it the five-second rule, like yep. five, four, three, two, one, and just do it. <laughs> yep. So, so yeah. I love that, John. Well, first and foremost, I thank you for your service. Thank you for your support. Seriously, it's um, it's it's incredible. It's, it's so interesting to hear your journey. So from construction management to dropping out of school to going into the U.S. Coast Guard, but you were there for 10 and a half years. I did 10 and a half years as a reserve, but I ended up joining a highly deployable unit. Um, so within my first two years, I ended up traveling all over the United States for training. Um, but... Uh, Kuwait, Iraq, uh, lived on an, uh, an al-Basra on the oil terminal out there wow. in Qatar, which was an R&R trip, so it really wasn't that bad, um, which is rest and relaxation. <laughs> so I got to, to bowl and have a beer. That was my break for three days that wow. year. But yeah, I mean, it was just an amazing opportunity. But the relationships, I'm still friends with you know those folks today. One of them specifically was my bunkmate in Iraq. He was uh, now a retired Connecticut state trooper. And our family's just in February. He lives in Florida now, and obviously he's much older than me he'll appreciate that you know he took his family to Disney and mine were there and when we were there we talked about hey someday we'll still be tight and doing this and that was you know I think that was 2008 so when you guys were deployed yeah together. 2008 2009 wow. and so he was sort of my mentor and obviously going to an area you're unsure about which could have hostile folks right yeah, I, I, you know, I'm teaming up with this state trooper who's used to dealing with stressful situations. So I feel like I always have had the gift of teaming up with the right people. Yeah. And so that's, you know, the story there. I love that, John. I love that. And and so coming out of the Coast Guard, what what was kind of the next step for you? So when you were deployed, when you came back, like what what happened? What transpired in your world? Crazy enough. So I graduated high school in 2006. And obviously, we all know what happened in 2007 and 2008. I can honestly say I didn't notice any of it. Um, <laughs> I know I should have bought a house when I was in. I should have, you know, <laughs> especially on Cape Cod. Don't even make me go down that rabbit hole um, being from there. I and the VA loan, I didn't have to put any money down. I still didn't. But anyway, long story short, 2008, right, was the the crash. And, you know, we all would have, could have, should have connect the dots looking backwards, really easy to do. I saw one job posting and it was for a bankruptcy paralegal. And I was like, okay, Google bankruptcy. I knew a little bit about it from Monopoly, um, but I did Google it. And I went for an interview and Ron, uh, who was my first mentor, gave me the job. He goes, I really like your attitude. I like military people because they show up on time. They try to figure out situations even when they don't know them. And he goes, I know you know nothing about bankruptcy, but I'm going to teach you everything. And so obviously during that time, business was booming. So I like to sh say that I was shaped in my real estate career around the worst market of all time mm. because I watched builders, developers, agents, entrepreneurs, all over the place really really lose a lot of things and um, so so that was kind of like my first vision and so again on the entrepreneurial side I saw an opportunity um, I used to go to always networking even from a young, young age I created a bankruptcy preparation service for the lawyer I worked for 
And so he gave me an office phone line assistant and he said, as long as you continue to pick up my phone and you service my clients first, you can charge other attorneys because what happened is like when real estate was booming, there was people, everybody wanted to be an agent. Yep. Well, it was the same way on the real, on the, the attorney side, every attorney, if you were a divorce attorney or whatever you're doing, you wanted to become a bankruptcy attorney. So it's be careful who you work with and be careful who you listen to because when the industry shifts, that's, you know, people are going to, where energy goes, you know, or things flow. I don't know. Yep. Something like that. And so the federal bankruptcy court ended up getting word of the business that I had created uh, in the Plymouth County area in Massachusetts. They offered me a case administration role. Wow. Um, again, with no degree at this time, no bachelor's degree. Wow. And uh, yeah, I took an entry level case, case management role for five years over there. Wow. And my wife while I was there and we were living in the 400 square feet and had that whole uh, beginner story. And uh, yeah, that was it was a wild ride. Still maintaining, still being in the Coast Guard Reserves at this time as well. Wow. Not doing really as much active duty, just the one weekend a month, two weeks a year or a handful of days on active duty. No real like deployments or anything like that. But um, and that's kind of how things progressed. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. So after you met your wife, what transpired after that? Obviously, you guys got married and had two beautiful kids. Yep, we got married, and um, I figured, you know, if she could live with me in 400 square feet and I could live with her in 400 square feet, I proposed in uh, nine months. <laughs> oh, and nice. Still going strong, you know, almost a decade <laughs> later. And so. Shout out to Lisa. Shout, shout out, out to Lisa, Lisa. <laughs> yeah, who's doing the real work watching the kids right now. And so that's when I kind of started to turn the wheels about real estate. Yeah. Um, I bought a condo in the North Weymouth area in Massachusetts for 88000 you know, which now is renting for sixteen fifty, right? So like just showing you that buying and holding over a 15 to 20 year period like matters. Yeah. And so that really piqued my interest. Again, I've always felt like entrepreneurial and that I should be in business and it's just where I belong. I will talk about the real estate side of the house, even when it's not appropriate to, I like, you know, my wife makes fun of me all the time and she accepts it because, you know, it's how we get our income. <laughs> so, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's been an interesting ride. And, you know, we, we bought another house in North Weymouth, which I don't want to go back and look at uh, that we sold. And um, now we live in our forever home and now we're investing long distance. Um, and, you know, in Texas, just outside of Houston in the Woodlands area, we're really bullish on Orlando still. This is not investing advice, by the way. It's just what we prefer. <laughs> Full disclosure. Yeah. And, you know, and, and we're looking at, you know, a number of opportunities for this upcoming year so it's it's exciting and to see where the progression's gone you know i look in the mirror now and i'm like oh wow like yeah you time's were, flying well you were built for this and not only that but like you've also opened your own coffee company yes. and you also were a professor as well so like talk to us about that because like it's just amazing yeah there's a lot of moving parts for sure <laughs> uh, people think that i'm a workaholic and on paper it does look like that but i'm very intentional with my time yeah um i'm a big checklist person and so i just need to hit my weekly deliverables and really focus when i have that kind of time but yes we do have an e-commerce coffee company i started it with one other partner in the coast guard and then we brought a third one in and now we're since now we're down to two partners because um, our third 
good terms is just leaving to start another venture of his own um, which is exciting and uh yeah all e-commerce roast to order we had that opportunity i had been roasting coffee for six or seven years as a hobby i had a couple hundred pounds of coffee on me i tried to lift it off the ground before but lisa you know we ended up having our first baby and it just wasn't the right time i didn't have the right partners and you know when covid hit um, one of my accountability guys military guy get up at 6 a.m we always you know talk about our, our goals and all that stuff he said hey man if you're going to start a coffee company, there's never a better time. I don't know if Starbucks and Dunkin' are ever going to be closed again. Mm. And so I went online and I said, hey, I have coffee and I can roast it right now and send it out. And so we were established in 2020. We're still wow. going strong. And it's, it's you know, a lot of veteran support, a lot of Coast Guard support. We kind of hashtagged ourselves as uh, Coasty Coffee. So we're <laughs> in a couple that. Coast Guard exchanges across the United States. And, yeah, it's been great. The professor thing, I created a course at Cambridge College, kind of as, like, my give back opportunity for a lower privileged or opportunity area for folks who really don't have access to technology. And, unfortunately, that's probably – I think last year is probably going to be my last year just because something does have to give, but still very close with the community over there, still very close with the consultant who pulled me in, and those relationships are still there forever, for sure. I love that, John. Man, Jack of all trades, so many different realms, but I feel like real estate's always been kind of like your go-to from, from day one. Like, I mean, you started investing, doing all the things, so it's always been in the silver lining of, of everything you've been doing, I guess, and you've built some insane relationships, and like anyone who's listening to this, I mean, your story is remarkable. What I would love to know and kind of peel these layers back is your time management is definitely huge. Mm -hmm. And I'm, that's that's the number one thing I would say is the time management stuff. And then also, like, how do you just, like, crush it at building relationships the way that you do? You know, so both of those really attribute to where you are today and how For you've sure. been absolutely demolishing it in real estate and building these high-level connections, just doing all the things that you are doing and bringing other people with you. So I think those two things, if you could kind of walk us through your strategies with that, would be so cool to know, learn all about your time management. Yep. And then how do you relationship build and like what's your recipe sauce for that? Yeah, so you'd never believe I was like introverted until I was in like sixth grade. And then I sort of, I wasn't tall, I was really short. And so I feel like I ended up getting sort of a superpower by being in an uncomfortable situation for a long mm. time. And as you very much know, pressure makes diamonds, whatever analogy you want to use, yeah. it, it is real thing, you know, getting in the ice bucket in the morning, right? I still won't do that, yeah. by the way. Not yet. You never know. Get in there. Get you in never there. know. <laughs> but yeah, with the time management, I, I really, you know, and nobody's perfect. I, pro I procrastinate just like every, everybody else. And, you know, there's days I don't want to go to the gym. And I actually listened to Grant Cardone on this one, whether you like him or you don't. You know, he said just at least get up. I think Ryan Sarhan said this too, but just yep. get up and actually like move. Yep. And so like there's days I go to the gym and I'll do like a set of bench press and some pull-ups and I'm like, Hey, it's better than not going at all. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like, that's how I start my week. Uh, and then I really dive into, uh, creating like, Hey, for all the avenues that I work in, I, create like what are the most critical like it doesn't have to be a crazy list that it's like wow look at you conquered the world this week it's like no just take a step in each of your avenues each week yeah. and again you're not going to get to them all and on fridays in the summer when it's gorgeous you know pro procrastination is real right so i'm not going to say i'm perfect but that you know doing that over a long period of time and you know just being intentional with uh my time has been yeah. you know a game changer and also Honestly, just having my wife the opportunity to be a stay-at-home mom. When we woke up in the morning, it was both of us making lunches and getting the kids ready and doing breakfast. But now she allows me to get into my mindset and just 
you know, she really bears that burden, which allows me to to set my mindset for the day uh. at the gym and do all the sauna and the ice bucket craziness I love. And so, you know, that would be on the, the time side of the house. And when it comes to building relationships, I just love people. You know, really, it's I just love talking to people. I feel like I can motivate people even when they don't think they can be motivated. Mm. That's like my favorite thing to do is to, to meet somebody and they're like, hi, yeah, I don't know. I don't think I could ever do that. And then when they leave, I get a text message and they're like, I'm so fired up. I could run through a wall. I love that. And that's my favorite thing. You have that thing. gift. You yeah, that's, totally that's, that's that honestly, gift. it's my favorite thing like out of, out of anything, which is great when you're trying to build a real estate team. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but I, I, I mean, I walk the walk too, right? So like I have that and then I do follow up with people, right? Like follow up is key. I try to make notes. I used to, before I was a real estate agent, I used to delete every single text message. I could never have an email unread and I deleted every text message. Now I have every single text message because I'll go through all of them and I'll follow up in three months and I'll be like, Hey, you know, you just had a baby. Is there anything I can do to, to like, is there can meal train from our church, whatever it might be, like, we're here for you. Like, let me know if there's anything I can help you with. And I think when people see that authenticity, that I'm not just like, you know, a one-time deal, like, hey, cool, you ran through that wall, you're so excited. Uh, and then I never heard from you again. And right. so that's kind of my favorite thing. Yeah. And when it comes to the time management, so one thing that you that you really mentioned, which is really cool, so you get yourself into state, which is really, really important. And anyone who's listening, like, this is how you create change and really get yourself focused for a day, right? Like mm. you're starting in the state of mind, you're getting yourself in the state of mind to be productive, right? Because you could sit there all day, but if you're feeling unproductive, you're just going to not be anywhere as productive as what you would have been had you gotten in the right state in the morning. You've taken an hour or two to get yourself prepped in the morning. You can ram through 10 hours of work in like five hours if you're in the right state of mind. And that speaks true to me as well. Like I, if I'm not in the right state, I could sit there for 10, 12 hours, 14 hours and be like, oh my God, I have to do this. And I'm still sitting there like procrastinating, right? But in the right, right state, I'm like, boom, 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 banging it out. So right. I love that you start with that. Yeah. And the thing is uh, around the workout too, like, and when you mentioned state, you could do a five minute meditation. Hell yeah. Like it doesn't yeah. have to, there's also like, I use the VR headset. Uh, there's a ton of health apps that you can use that are engaging. So, you know, if your mind kind of wanders and you have a hard time being, you know, an area of calm, like there's other tools now that yeah. provide that same, you know, opportunity. And so I try to stick with that consistently. I found it to help specifically as my agenda gets insane. But yeah, it's been it's been good. Yeah, and I mean, it seems like you also move with intention really, really closely, right? Like you prioritize all of like your deliverables right. based on all the different businesses. You write it all down, right? And you kind of attack accordingly. Yeah, I'm a big whiteboard guy. Mm -hmm. um, I like to whiteboard. And so, you know, I'll listen to, to music with a cup of coffee while I, I have that energy going. And I, I really do. I'll write down HP Coffee Co., real estate investments, real estate agents, everything I have to do that week. Maybe it's even bills that need to get paid, right? Something I need to follow up on for an investment property, broken water pipe, for instance. And so like those sort of things. And then I literally just wipe them off and I wipe them off. And so by the end of the week, I really want that whiteboard to be clean. So that mm. way when I come in, the following Monday, it's ready for business again. Mm. And anything that's still there is priority one. So Jocko Willink, you know, always says like, uh, I think it was him anyway, like, you know, wake up in the morning and on your checklist, do the one that you hate the most. Yep. You do that, you're going to be, you've already kind of won for the day. Even if you sit there on Instagram, I don't recommend that for a while, but you're already won. And, and 
you know, my wife actually makes the bed every day. And actually, she got this from your coaching. And it was, you know, she's, you know, makes the bed in the morning. And there was a Navy SEAL who spoke on this as well. But make the bed in the morning and you've already started your day on the positive note. Mm-hmm. You've already had one win. Yep. And it doesn't have to be perfect. I'm terrible at making the bed and I hate it. I'm grateful that she does it. But like, just cover the blanket at least. Like, yeah. start with a win. You know what I mean? And, and I found that oh, wow. to be really helpful too I love that and I love the whiteboard that you kind of like check it off and like write it all down because that really pins you to it and and it just brings more purpose and intentionality to what you do yep so I mean getting into state and basically moving with intention and prioritizing For accordingly sure. that's amazing and then in terms of building relationships I feel like you just you have these authentic connections with people because you genuinely care and I think that coming from a place of authenticity people feel that right they say right. like they say that the the, the feeling that that resonates the most in electromagnetic fields. They talk about this in like quantum physics and stuff. Yeah. That literally, it's it's authenticity. You can feel it. You that's also why you can feel it when somebody's bullshitting you, because right. <laughs> that gives off that vibe. For sure. And I, there's no doubt, I annoy some people. I'm sure <laughs> you know people annoy me, and so you know I know that to be the case. But the people who I really connect with and like consider family, it's a really small circle, but. I can share my biggest wins with them, right? Like in previous circles, I would say, hey, I just closed on this investment property. And they would be like, oh, it must be nice. Uh And if somebody tells me, I actually heard this on a podcast this morning as well, but must be nice. It's like, well, I want that person to be like, let's go, you know, like pumped. Like, you know, I have agents on the team and I have three listings right now. And some of my agents have none. And when I tell them I got a new listing, the text messages are we have a group message going. It's nothing but like, you know, the party symbols. And of course, everybody wants to win. And I want them right. to win too, but they're authentically happy. And it's pretty cool to see. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, building those authentic relationships is really everything. And that's kind of what has made you a powerhouse in, in real estate too, is like you look at it from the angle of like, hey, I'm not going to look at this as like a short term relationship how can i help you long term and i think that's exactly why you're winning the way that you're winning in real estate i mean being in within even just your first year john you were able to retire your wife as a stay-at-home mom yes which is unreal yeah yep that was scary that was very scary to go from you know having that steady teacher income with a really good benefits and a pension but the benefits that i've seen since you know she's been home with the kids they've changed big time like for the positive and she started you know the mothers of preschoolers with church reaching out to women who are having a difficult time with postpartum or feel Mm. siloed and she had a wait list wow uh, on the south shore of massachusetts shout out to the mops page south shore (laughs) love that and so like because of the hard work we're putting in here yeah we're changing so it's cool it's the coolest thing in the world it's the coolest thing in the world and for anyone who's listening john like a piece of advice that you would give maybe someone who was in that position right that that you know one one of the spouses wants to quit their job and like you know create a little bit of more flexibility in the family like what would you what would you give or even an entrepreneur who's out there listening whatever comes to your heart what yeah. advice would you give get dialed in and be on the same page write down just separate exercise write down three what is your my favorite one is really to write down what your ideal day looks like so Mm. what is your ideal mine actually looks like what i'm doing so that's pretty cool and now my wife's does right hers looks way different to mine if Mm. she had to do my day she would be miserable she doesn't like any of this stuff you know this is my stuff (laughs) but really we we try to check in and see like hey what do you want like out of this life like what do you want out of the relationship what do you want out of the kids we're not perfect you know our communication we're 
it's a never-ending process improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, I get tired. She gets tired. Kids get annoying. <laughs> <laughs> but I would say start there. Like, write down, like, what your ideal day looks like. And I know you're a huge component of this as well, but the vision board, like, yeah. put on there. Is it a family vacation? And, you know, is it what is what does that look like? And so, like, I really believe into that manifesting thing. And they do yeah. say, like, the, the rhythms and stuff, like, if you have a spouse that you're really in line with, your hearts actually end up beating at the same pace, wow. which is really cool. And so, like, over time, your body, like, gets to, to know them. The rhythmic And the people wow. you spend the time with. So that's why when you're, like, in these winning groups in our team and it's, like, the one everybody's winning, it's, like, we're all aligned. Like, tech, it sounds crazy, but it, there's this big science to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's been beneficial for us. We haven't been so good in full disclosure trying to, to do the check-ins, right? We're really fired up in January and February and like everybody else, we're human and I go do my thing and she goes do her thing. I, I've heard a few things like for one instance, it's like, hey, on Sundays, just a uh, rose in a thorn. You know, what was like a good thing for this week and what was one that you kind of like, mm. hey, you, you spent a little too much time in your office. Like you said, you were going to be done at five, but you were done at seven and that kind of like ruined the opportunity for me to have my little bit of downtime, which made me. Uh. And so like, it's difficult balance because with entrepreneurship, like I could get a call for a listing for a million dollars, right? At six o'clock. But I promised I'd be up at six o'clock having dinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, It's tough. It really is tough. There's no secret sauce to it, but I'd say just like process improvement, like continue to work on it Absolutely. has been probably the best thing. But like for me, writing down what my ideal day looks like and then reverse engineering to find a way to make it happen make it happen absolutely and then it's not so scary when it comes time to make that decision okay should i leave this job or should i not you know because you you really weigh the pros and cons right. of kind of both and really risk mitigate if you will that's the best yeah and there's really. like there's gonna be there's never a good time to start you just never. have to start never and like i know people who are like oh man i've always wanted to be a real estate agent maybe i'll like i'm thinking in like three months i'm gonna take the test i'm like why are you gonna take the test in three months you're gonna be three months older Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's just if there's it doesn't have to be real estate. It could be whatever. I mean, if you want to do something, just try to find a way to, to do it. I mean, this we're, we get a lease on our lives here. You know, you get one mm-hmm. shot at it. And to piggyback on that, if you're scared on how to do it, I didn't know Pam a year and a half ago. I saw her on another guy I follow, Chris Crone, on his YouTube channel. And I just sent her a DM because she was in Boston. And here we are. So, you know, and and same goes for the podcast. Like if you hear somebody giving a good interview or something that you're interested in, I do this all the time. I'll follow them on Instagram and send them a message and again, be authentic and say, don't just go to someone and be like, what can you give me? Right. Right? Like how can you show them value? But like a lot of mentors, I mean, a lot of mentors and a lot of people in business who are really successful, enjoy that part about it. It's not about the money. They have money. They don't need that anymore. (laughs) Like they really just want to build the next generation and they have why wouldn't you get the blueprint for what you want to do it's like getting the answers to the test but it's allowed uh-huh. <laughs> you know absolutely um, so that that's a big thing and you know even podcast you know i just started digging in saying like hey well when did you know you're going to kind of take that shift it was one getting mentors but i consider you know a few podcasts i listen to brendan turner i consider him a mentor tony mm-hmm. robbins i consider him a mentor yeah. he doesn't know who i am and i've never met them before but i've listened to so many episodes i've read their books mm-hmm. and i'm really getting it's like they're speaking to me mm-hmm. right and so there's some mentors like pam who i had the opportunity to meet and a few others like matt agenson and and so like it's just the information's out there just just go look for it go you know if you're stuck because to your point yeah. you're like hey i don't know what to do while you're at the gym listen 
listen to a podcast that's an hour a day yeah you know so yeah i love that john i love that and i would love to hear what your response is going to be on this one this is my favorite question i always save the best for last right what would your older self tell your younger self based on what you know now yeah i've done this exercise a few times myself (laughs) it would be to to go bigger with our investment properties it's um i'm a single family long distance investor or buyer i should say so it's sort of like a lot of base hits i know that it's it's also you know safe it's long-term wealth it's a good strategy not saying it's bad but i know that i could do more and i think i've been playing it safe and and being really cautious and really my relationship with money has changed Mm -hmm. i don't want to say i don't care about money but it doesn't emotionally change my state you know like i could have we had a medical bill that was six thousand dollars and it's a lot we're not loaded (laughs) like it's right we work really hard and we're very we try to save a lot of money but i didn't feel attached to that money i was like well all right let's just go find another listing and get back to the drawing board and so to your answer it's go bigger and honestly take your health like as serious as possible because now the military injuries, the back, all that fun stuff, the knees from football are, are starting to catch up already at 35. And there's a lot of technology out there and in, in, um, in the health science. And so just trying to be healthier, which I don't know if I'll listen to that part of my older self. I had pizza last night, <laughs> but definitely, you know, exercising and and trying to go big. And I think that's going to be like part of my big vision for 2024 is just swing for the fences. I love that, John. Man, your story is so inspiring. Incredible, John. Incredible. Do you have one last piece of advice for for the audience or anybody listening? The one piece of advice is if you've ever wanted to be a real estate agent, join our team because we are pretty much global, but United States focused. You know, if you're a broker who's a little nervous about the transition and the upcoming pivot, just have a conversation with us. Honestly, I don't want to make this a recruiting video, but if there's another, you know, entrepreneur out there who could care less about real estate, I would say just get started and stay consistent. You're not going to make a ton of money overnight. You're not going to be successful overnight. It's ground and pound. I always say pound the pavement to people, the agents mm-hmm. on the team. But as far as the entrepreneurial sh- side goes, because the coffee company, right? It's do the hard things. Just keep doing it. Most companies, what is it? 90% of companies fail. Fold, yeah. You know, they fold in their first, I, I don't know, five years, maybe. Yeah, something five like years. That. Yeah. And just keep it going. Even if you're doing nothing and it's going, it's still there. You know, and so like I've seen even with the coffee company um, that people were like, oh, yeah, that's great. We had a couple of friends and family, you know, that bought. But now we're doing over a thousand pounds a month and it's fully streamlined. And we have people reaching out who are like, oh, you guys are still doing that. You know, like you're still alive. You're coming into year four. And so, yeah, that would be the, the biggest piece of advice as I could give is just just get after it as soon as possible. Absolutely. I love that, John. And now where can everyone reach you in your awesomeness, my friend? Yeah, my Instagram is really my big focus uh, with my many 700 followers. But, um, <laughs> YouTube too. YouTube too. You know, just trying to get that started. But it's John underscore S. Uh, 81 uh, on Instagram, John Silva. Um, you can Google me, John Silva, EXP Realty. I'll pop up there. You can see my sales and to show that I'm not lying. And so, <laughs> so yeah, Instagram's the best spot though. Shoot me a DM or email um, jonathan.silva at exprealty.com is another way. 
Love that, John. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm so excited to see your trajectory in 2024 and how the team's going to build and the partners that are going to be coming in and the lives that are going to be changed by working with you. So super, 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 super excited for that. Thank you again. Thank you so much. So that's it for today's episode of Underdog. Catch us next week, always dropping on Thursdays. And remember, if you're interested in real estate, or want to learn how to create more money and magic in your life, check out meetwithpamela.com and let's chat. Sending you so, so much love. All we know is over time, working like some underdogs. Underdogs. Underdogs.